Hi guys, I'm Betsy. And I'm Kaylee. And this is the Nacho Mama Pod. The Nacho Mama Pod are not experts of anything but talking. If you need medical or professional help, we do encourage you in finding the appropriate resources. Please know we are just speaking of our experiences or of the experiences of other and have no medical degrees. Hi, B. Hi. How are you? Oh, I think I have, I'm good. I think I have food in my teeth. How attractive <laughs> is that? So sexy. I'm pretty sure it's too it. grainy for me to see it, but I like that you were like yes. looking your best for me. I am in my best pajamas, <laughs> not my best pajamas. I did actually, I just like changed out of my clothes because I was like, I can't podcast in this outfit. <laughs> like I'm in jeans. I fully still have my dress on and I walked into my closet like three times. Like, I feel like I should put PJs or at least like leggings on. And I was like, I don't have the effort right now. I just walked out. So I feel completely on my skin for the same reason. Understand. I fully understand. So. <sighs> Well, tell me how you're doing. No, tell me how you're doing. (laughs) You want me to start this time? Yeah, Um, you start. So I will be fully honest. I could be having the worst day of my life and I would still say I'm a 10 out of 10 because I'm going to see you in four days. So that's (laughs) making my life. um, And I- Hopefully you can uh, tone down that high-pitched scream that I just- No, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to let them all hear it. (laughs) Um, So I would say I was amazing no matter what, because that is just something that feeds my soul. But also I'm okay health-wise. I had a few vaginal pains throughout the weekend that kind of knocked me off my rocker. um, Because I was just like, I don't want to feel anything. They weren't, they weren't nothing compared, but just to feel discomfort. I was like, yeah, I don't like that. And it's, like it. it is such a mental game too, though, because it's like, then you're starting to immediately panic about like, what if your pain's coming back or like, I I like, understand. Even if it's like just a teeny tiny, like pain, is it, is it the, I mean, it's always going to happen. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I had no hope before the surgery. So my hope is newfounded. So that was a little frustrating, but other than that, um, I went to that three-year-old's birthday party. You're a freaking warrior. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. So pulls out. Was it weird? Yeah, it was weird, <laughs> but it was, it was okay. I, I didn't have a horrible time and I didn't have a lot of emotions when I was there. I did text you relatively early in it and was just like, okay, I was wrong. There is more triggering here than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. Um, but like, I was okay when I was there. And then I left and it's like the minute I got in my car, I just felt a hundred percent drained. Like I felt like I had ran a marathon and I didn't know that was yeah. coming. And then I was like, n- like realizing, okay, I just need to go home and I need yeah. to have some me time, like taking a walk. And I thought I was okay. And then I think it's also, <laughs> yeah, I think it's also important to acknowledge that like you're only three weeks past surgery. Yeah. Four weeks, however uh, long. not quite there yeah yeah your body's still like healing so I'm sure that like a a event of that substance probably was hard on your body too yeah just like the traumas that are there and yeah I don't know it was just weird I always have a really weird reaction seeing people that I knew when I was young 
mm-hmm. and their families. Like that is still, I think I texted you a couple yeah. months ago that I was like, Hey, I just saw a girl I played basketball with and her kid. And it made me cry, but I'm like, okay. It's yeah. just, it's, I think it's just a reminder of how different my life is than I thought For it was sure. going to be. Absolutely. And I still just go, huh, I would have liked that life. And then yeah. I'm, and then I'm okay. But three hours at a three-year-old's birthday party that I, oh, by the way, she has two kids. So not only did I not know the three-year-old existed, there was a baby. Yeah. But it was worth it to say hi and reconnect. And I know it made their day and now it's off my to-do list and I'm not going to do it again. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's like the best I could come up with. Oh, I don't know. I know not yeah. to do that. You're good. You fulfilled your obligation for the life. <laughs> so I'm great. I'm so yeah. good. Oh, so good. <laughs> How are you? I'm better. I'm doing better. That's such a relief. I'm doing better. I was a train wreck. Um, I do think that the supplements that I was taking had a lot to do with that. Um, I was taking, and there's no, no hate, no shade to the supplements. I just think that they weren't working for my body. Um, they were something to like raise my libido. And I think they just jacked up my whole horm, all of my hormones. So um, I didn't put two and two together because it all happened around the same time that I fainted and yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so, really frustrating that, cause I think you told me on a personal level, you'd taken them before. Yeah. And so just to have you react differently, like it took you a while to even register that it could be that. Yeah. Actually I took them when I was like very newly in perimenopause, like when I was starting everything. So I don't think I could have told you if they were affecting me like that, yeah. to be honest because I was a train wreck, like mentally just jacked up. So I I have no idea whether they affected me the same way or not, to be honest. Yeah. Golly. Um, Our bodies. Do you want me to talk about the cardiologist? I was going to leave that open to you on how publicly you wanted to talk. Yeah, I can talk about it. I don't care. Um, so I had, uh, echocardiogram on Friday yeah. And, um, they did find a little hole in my heart Yeah, it's called a PFO, I believe. And it's apparently pretty normal. Like it's not, it's like in 20% of the population and a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. So it's not that abnormal. Um, basically it's something that you have before you're born and then it's supposed to close when you are born, but in some of the population that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, the biggest risk is that a blood clot can flow through it Mm -hmm. and can cause a stroke. So So in some people, let's back up just a minute. This is all stemming. If you guys don't remember, this is all stemming from when you fainted. Right. And they're trying to figure out that. And so now we're onto this area. Um, so what's next steps do what's the recommendation? Oh, Yes. <laughs> to be determined still. And to be fair, or not to be fair, I hate that I say that, but uh, this is all like fresh. Like you got the call today. This is like, yeah, this is like really new information here. Um, so my understanding is they want me to go on a baby aspirin, well, an aspirin regimen, um, starting to take baby aspirin, yeah. which I just posted on my story was so funny because like I pulled my baby aspirin out of my my cabinet and um, this is a complete tangent. I'll get back to my heart. No, and, no, good. I love tangents. Um, but so I was just looking at my baby aspirin and I was thinking about the last time that I took my baby aspirin, which was for implantation. 
like yeah. for trying to triggered. Conceive. Oh, I wasn't even triggered, but I like looked at it. The expiration date was December, 2016. That's how wow. long it's been. And I was like, that blows my mind because in my head, it was just like yesterday. Three, yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago. But uh, anyways, so that was just crazy. crazy I think it is really crazy when you see those markers. I had a similar occasion over the weekend. We were talking about, um, about a wedding that we were at with the, the sister-in-law to the, the, the baby's mom. And so I've known this entire family, like generations left, right up, down. And so we were talking about a wedding we both attended and uh, she had brought up like it was in a small town in Oklahoma. So she's like, oh, you went to the bar. And that's like the first time I saw so-and-so intoxicated. And I like, sat there and I was like, yeah, no, I didn't go to the bar. And she's like, oh, why not? And then I just like looked at her and I was like, well, I was pregnant and I had really bad morning sickness. I didn't think I could be in a smoking bar in Oklahoma. Like all of that sounded bad. And right. she just, like looked at me in big old eyes. She goes, I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess we haven't talked in a while, but it was also a really weird recognition because I'm sitting next to her oldest daughter who wasn't yeah. even conceived yet. And I was like, right. wow, it was like that you're long like, ago. This little girl's going into kindergarten. And yeah, you're like, my kid would have been older, which like my kid would have been five. Like that makes yeah. sense. But then it also like, I think maybe because we talk about it a lot on the podcast too, it yeah. also feels like I'm like re going through those traumas or shoot, sure. I didn't mourn the traumas till 2020. So absolutely. <laughs> it's weird though, that time frame of like, oh, that, that was a little bit of time away. Maybe that's why we could talk about them now. I know, I know. it's so weird though. So anyway, yeah. baby aspirin. So anyways, yes, I'm to take a baby aspirin uh, every day. And one of my next steps will be um, to get blood work to make sure that I don't have a clotting disorder. And this is funny because Kaylee has a clotting issue. <laughs> I was like, we can do these things together. Yeah. Best friends. Um, oh, because weird. if I have a clotting thing, obviously this is a much higher risk, higher risk. situation. Um, and then, oh, she also wants me to go see a specialist Yeah. Um, who will determine, she said it's called a structural heart doctor, I think. Yeah. And he will determine whether or not surgery is needed. Yeah. That's, that's the general gist of it. Um, but like, I've been living with this apparently my whole life. So yeah. What do you do? I mean, as long as it's not going to like give me a stroke, then we, we good. Yeah. Um, so that's the general, I am, I told Kaylee today, I am really thankful to have an answer to why my body's done this for so long. Like had all of these like dizzy, like fainting vision yeah. issues. And, but I think I'm a little annoyed because this is not my first cardiology workup. Yeah. And so uh, much like with endo, I felt like maybe this could have been discovered at least 11 years sooner. Yeah. And uh, that's really frustrating for me. So I think that that's like a weirdly emotional part. And it's not even like, this whole thing's not making me emotional. Like I, I don't feel like I'm at great risk. Hopefully mm -hmm. not. Um, but I think like a little bit feeling like the medical system fails you over and over and over yeah. again is really emotional and it's, it's really, triggering. it's very triggering. It's very, uh, like traumatic. Yeah. So I think that's important and thank you for verbalizing it. Cause I think a lot of us feel that way. It's just when you, 
get told you're crazy and you get gaslit for so many years and then you get a diagnosis that doesn't have a cure but takes so much from you you just keep feeling like even when you finally got that diagnosis you're still getting failed because now I have a new issue now I'm in perimenopause now I'm in whatever yeah um and no one's really here to help us and no one's proactive and then to have it kind of cross lines into other areas like yeah I was pissed off about the blood work because I was like I've literally went to how many specialists about my gums bleeding that like no one could tell me to do a blood clot workup like that should have been right. that should have been doctor 101 right yeah like now like the things you should do you're not doing it's frustrating it is and like uh, I, at first I was really like I said to my husband the other day I said it's really hard to love your body when you feel like it just keeps failing you yeah and like that's that's a lot for me to say because I do i I love my body. Nobody treats their body with more respect than I do. Like I can yeah. promise you that. And but it is really hard, like when you feel like you do everything right. <laughs> and then um I'm, I'm like so emotional for some reason about this. Like you feel like you're doing all of these things to like make yourself healthier and then it just doesn't work. Yeah. And that's like a real issue (laughs) and you're actively trying to love your body in a very now sense general sense mental sense yeah so I uh when I get depressed and when I get feelings like that I explain it to people's like my soul hurts like I can physically feel my soul hurt because I know I'm giving it my all yeah and that's kind of how I feel like you may be describing like you it just yeah feel like you're throbbing inside because you've done everything you could do yeah and like it's no it's not my fault like it's no. 100% not my fault I did blame it on my mom today when I talked to her <laughs> for giving birth to me <laughs> I did ask my mom one day I was like uh did grandma and great grandma and whoever else smoke because I want to yeah. blame somebody for this I hear this now <laughs> She's like, that was aggressive for a Tuesday. And I said, well, I'm having an aggressive Tuesday. Yeah. So anyways, that was the general, that's the general gist of it. Um, Let's do this before we move on. So you said you were mad at your body for not like for failing you. Yeah. You practice a lot on your Instagram about like reframing those trains of thought and give yourself gratitude. So let's flip that sentence about thanking your body and recognizing your body before we move on. Oh, for sure. Like I, I say I was mad at my body, but like, realistically, my body's been through so much, like, um, you know, it's gotten me through all of my hardest days. Um, I'm still able to move my body. I'm still able to work out. I have very, very minimal pain a couple times a month. I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky. I can't even pretend like I'm not. So it I is, like that. yeah, I'm very, I'm really grateful. I think you're good at doing that. And I think a lot of us struggle, like I struggle sometimes and I'll go to you for kind of guidance, like your old posts or your, your your reminders. And it's very much a pathway for me to go, okay, yeah, my body is really cool. It did do this today. I'm not genuinely complimentary towards myself and I've just started that practice. So I appreciate you being able to find that like bright side and showing people. And honestly, like faking it till you make it is a real thing. Like, yeah the more you tell yourself something, whether you think it's a lie or not, the more you're going to believe it. Like the more you tell yourself that your body is good and it's worth it. And it's, you know, it's worth all of the love that you can give it. You're going to believe that. I mean, eventually it might 
you know, you might feel like you're faking it for so long, but eventually it's going, the repetitive nature of it is, is going to get there. I agree. Well, now that we um, had our Dr. <laughs> Phil moment, <laughs> what are you sipping on? Do you have something good today? Um, I have hot tea <laughs> in, in my uterus cup. In my cutie uterus mug. Um, I, I love how frequently I see that mug come up in your life because like it's it's only fitting for our tribe to have uterus. You know, I, I do love this mug so much. Um, I'm sorry. What type of tea was it? It's just peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. Nothing too fancy. The normal. Yeah. Uh, I have went heavy with coffee today because I got pumpkin creamer and I saw you got pumpkin creamer. We are basic bees this week. And I love that you that we posted are. it the day I like used my creamer for the first time. So yeah. I've been doing a uh, pumpkin and I did some decaf coffee today. I actually froze uh, ice cubes, coffee ice cubes and put okay. them in there too. So I'd have even like less like to pour in there uh, and then water all day. But I went to my fridge right before this and I was like, oh yeah, I have a new beer. And so I have a new beer to show. Tell me, tell me about it. So first off, it's really pretty colored. Ooh, I, it is. I love the color the camera. It's like a weird peach, but this is the cutest can. It has flamingos yeah. and it's black and hot pink. It's like our theme colors. hundred percent would have bought it just for the can. That's so cute. <laughs> it's by a uh, great divide brewing company. I think that's out of Colorado. If I read this correctly earlier, I think out of Colorado, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, Denver, Colorado. Your girl has a memory, but it is a strawberry rhubarb sour ale. Ooh, that sounds lovely. It is good, and it's it's not the tart. It definitely is tart, but it's not the tartest one. But it's very very light. I, I love like a rhubarb that. flavor. Almost anything though. Yeah, I'm sad I didn't find this like two months ago. This would have been like the <laughs> Not that I drank this summer. I feel like I didn't have a summer because of excision, but um, it definitely is like that you could drink outside yeah. on a hot day. And, you know, it's what we call a patio beer. beer. A, a patio beer. A I call patio. Them a, that's so inappropriate when I want to say something. I call it a, like a sack beer, but not like the brown sacks because I live in a cul de sac. <laughs> I'm like sitting <laughs> in the sack beer. <laughs> That just sounds dirty when you say it on air. I don't it does. know. That's true. It's fine. So please call them sack beers from here. <laughs> okay. So what are we talking about today, B? That's a great question, Kaylee. I'd love to answer it. <laughs> Is oh, it about yeah. the sex? We're talking about sex hurting. Yeah. Sexual. And am I going to giggle this whole time? For sure. I hope Absolutely. so. I hope so. <laughs> the intercourse. <laughs> of the intercourse. No, this is serious. We're talking about serious things, but we're also talking about vaginas. So have fun. We are always. <laughs> um, so, so there's actually a name for this. Dis- yeah. Well, it's not an endo related thing but like at all. So many endo warriors have it. I feel like there has right. to be a connection. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there is because of <laughs> that, but we'll get to that. Yeah, that's what I meant. But it's like, not an endo specific disorder. I know, but I feel like they don't understand it. I'm just being bitchy because I want my own disorders. Anyway, we have our own, trust me. <laughs> real ones that have cures, B. Okay, so what anyway, is it called? Let's get the grammar going. It is called dyspareunia. And okay. the spelling of that, we will write out for you somewhere. I had to Google. 
I'll get in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like, um, it over to B. I was like, and now it's time to say things correctly. Dyspareunia. So that the general <laughs> definition is just painful sex. I do believe. Yeah. Do you so, have me to actually look up? Hold on, let me look up. Yeah. That's why we have these mini computers. Or actual we have computers. A computer. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're not using our cell phones. My bad. My bad. Oh, dyspareunia, also known as painful intercourse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My girl's got it. So that's um, the whole thing. So we did look it up on the common symptoms as I was derailing earlier. It, a lot of women with endometriosis or other issues, um, PCOS, whatever it may be, a lot of times you still have a lot of painful sex. It's one of the reasons that I had concerns, I guess. It's probably not the reason I went to the hospital or to any sort of doctor, but it was one of the reasons I was like, things are going weird over here. <laughs> It was actually one of the main reasons that I fought for a diagnosis myself is because I was having such an incredibly painful sex and I knew it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, it's weird. So we are looking at a couple different resources in this episode. The Endo Foundation has a lot about painful sex um, and it seemed the most hitting to what I have experienced or what my friends have experienced. So I like the information out of that. Um, And also today, even um, 822, Dr. Aviva Ram, who um, has written the hormone intelligence book that I use, um, put out a a painful sex um, post today. So we'll share that. I'll make sure I send it to our podcast page and we'll share it when this episode's released. But um, she has a lot of good information. I will say her page is very uh, fertility heavy. So if Mm. that is triggering to you, do not follow her. That's awesome. I appreciate you saying that. I hate when those things sneak up on you. Yeah. yeah, Cause I mean, she's a great, I mean, she seems to be a great doctor, but um, yes, very fertility heavy. All right. So uh, there's different times and symptoms that can be felt. So let's talk about like the actual times it might hurt insertion during sex um, arousal. Yeah. Arousal orgasm. And then post orgasm or like post intercourse right yeah which is a good distinguishing point I wish I would have been able to verbalize that a little bit better I should have been saying like post intercourse is when I had the most of my pain yeah my my worst now is actually arousal um like I think I might have some like blockages of some blood vessels or something so like if I'm turned on in any way um I'm very uncomfortable Uh, um but it used to be actual insertion like I told my doctor it was like him hitting a brick wall inside of me, which and so potentially I, it was. was essentially what it was. <laughs> right? I mean, it really was. So, oh. yeah. Uh, and then a lot of times, what I guess one of the correlations we do know with endometriosis of people is that a lot of us have pelvic issues, pelvic floor, yeah. tilted pelvic floors, or something's just not aligned quite correctly, and that's a lot of times where that um, insertion hurts too. Yeah. Is a common factor, and then. Uh, symptoms. So I've experienced mostly pain. I would say light cramping, but it just like, it hurts. Like I just want to be in a fetal position. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, mine was mostly pain too. Like stabbing pain Mm -hmm. was my thing. It wasn't really constant or gradual. I, I didn't have a lot of pain afterwards personally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know a lot of people do. Um, I also, I didn't ever have a lot of bleeding. So this last round of endo growth, it was just pain post intercourse. 
for me. Um, when I was getting to the point that I was bleeding like every 90 days, that would be another trigger for me to start bleeding. I don't know if, if I was just bleeding and I thought I stopped, like I had a pause or something. Like I don't really know the correlation, but that's the only time is when I was getting to the point that I was bleeding a ton. I'd have bleeding after intercourse and that's, or maybe sometimes like during and that's like super, during, yeah, super yeah. sexy, right? Yeah, you feel so <laughs> amazing and you're like, oh, sorry. I think that's that. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's talk through some of those believed causes. I yeah. know one thing I have been told from an endo side is that sometimes endo growth, you know, how to put your organs together. Sure. It can kind of uh, attach your rectum to your uterus sure. and that like you're not supposed to all move as one. And that's sometimes like pull can be like the pain. Yeah, I can see that. I think um, endo adhesions in general, like yeah. your whatever's happening inside of you, like I think that was my issue is that everything was attached. So it literally was like he was hitting a brick, like a brick wall because he was hitting my adhesions. Yeah. And um, so I'm pretty Thank sure that you. was very uncomfortable. I hadn't heard this or retained it until I was looking at the endo found, but blog, they were saying that if you're super inflamed, that might be the correlation between like that deep down pain. And I was like, that makes complete sense. My every organ I had was like inflamed and mad. Like it makes sense that that might cause some throbbing, which is kind of what I would feel for like the next two hours. It's just like an intense throbbing pain. Yeah. Who knows? sex is not supposed to be painful like that <laughs> hey by the way we should start that sex should not be painful because yes that sex should not hurt that bad uh there is an- another i think i kind of said it but like the tight pelvic floor is what i was saying if your pelvic yeah. being aligned um you listed a ton of possible chronic illnesses that are related do you want to go through those yeah so this is what i meant when i said like um dyspareunia is not necessarily an endo related condition. It's Mm -hmm. just painful intercourse. It's just a general name for it. Um, A lot of people with endo obviously have it, um, but it could also be, you know, interstitial cystitis, vaginitis, vaginismus, pelvic floor dysfunction, which we said, fibroids, uh, vaginal dryness, or nerve issues. Um, I'm sure there's a hundred other reasons, but those were like high level what, um, Dr. Ram posted on her post today. So, and then the last one, I am such a like practical person. I didn't even think to expand or maybe I just don't have enough knowledge around it, but I'm really glad you added this last maybe uh, believed cause. I think it's what we were calling the section, but another reason why you might do it. So that you put down sexual trauma. I did. Yeah. Which is true. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like if you have a traumatic experience, your body can just be like kind of rejecting it or, you know, yeah, it's it's just scar tissue buildup. There's a whole, whole lot of reasons. So I had a weird recognition the other day in therapy. Um, I cannot stand my thighs to be touched. Okay. At all. Like pisses me off. Like I'm driving down the road. If a hand goes on my thigh, like I tense up, I hate it. And I've never been able to explain why I hate it. I just freaking hate it. Don't touch my thighs. And I thought it was like an insecurity. So I shouldn't just like rub your thighs when we're together this week. Yeah, no, I prefer not. 
uh, I thought it was just because like I'm a thick thighed girl and I was like insecure or something like yeah you know, those like pictures of the little the teenage girl's thigh and the little boy's thigh and they're yeah. a bunch bigger I thought that was it I think it's tied back to sexual trauma definitely and the, my, well my my experience with it because that was like such a focal point of like my radar going off and saying you're not supposed to be touching me this is not um, right yeah so I think it's a core like trauma that I just packed away that so makes sense terrifying that, I hate yeah and shit. like <laughs> like for I mean for like a lot of people like that's kind of how you start foreplay is like yeah you know hand on the thigh or whatever so I could it definitely see how that off. like I, a traumatic yeah and I'd never been able to like justify like why it's not even like ooh, I don't like it's like I'm pissed yeah and like it upset. probably is your body's yeah. just reacting to it just like no not again we're not gonna do this again yep. yeah. uh input the body keeps the scorebook should yeah. read <laughs> yeah all well, right I'm, I'm still working my way through it it just it's a it's a hard one to read like it really is so well Slow I mean steady. you gotta you gotta want to be emotional and sometimes I want books to be an escape yeah Listen, I feel like that was a little bit of an attack also. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to be able to touch your feelers, but like that, that would have been an attack. I would like to keep my feelings at arm's length, please. <laughs> and then she became friends with me. Stupid, stupid girl. Stupid. All right. <laughs> so we're now uh crying laughing because my brain fog really made this transition hard but we'll try again let's talk through some of our non-clinical no degree not your doctor opinions or things we have heard our friends try We're, that might we help. should we should actually change the uh name of this podcast to not your doctor <laughs> that's that's okay this is our new segment it's called not your doctor not your doctor from here on out not your doctor we'll tell you um our opinions on symptom relief so yeah I did mention this one already we'll start it there if your pelvic is tilted or just not in the right spot that is when I have been told pelvic floor therapy can be very successful in relieving some of that pain yeah um um timing like of sex for some people works better like if you wait a couple weeks after ovulation your inflammation might be down a little bit a hundred percent. So one thing I haven't tried that I keep meaning to order just when I was having a lot of flare-ups is CBD suppositories. I've also been told that they do really well for painful sex. If you have that before, I have not I have tested questions. It. Okay. I'll answer uneducated and not a product rep. Go. This, do you, <laughs> do you put them up your vagina? Is that what it's about? Mm-hmm. I mean, Okay. Yeah. So and it's it like just a like dissolve BD pill that you put up there and it's ideally like putting lotion on a sore muscle. Okay. Like it goes straight to the source and it's supposed to help. I was asking around for like any suggestions. I think this is your warning that this is next part. It's going to be rated R. So if you have some reason, listen to us around young adults. No. Okay. Um, I was asking if anyone makes like an ice pack that could be inserted. Sure. It's like the freaking stabbing pains. I was like, you know what would feel good? And then I was like, like legitimately, is there like a frozen sex toy I can go buy? I'm sure there are. There and has so, to be. I was like, there has to be something I could put in there that just like yeah. helps the pain. 
Um, and somebody messaged back, they're like, I don't know about frozen sex toys, but I take a CBD suppository. And I was like, oh. yeah, that's smart. Then, um, they're but pretty expensive. So I, I wonder if you could uh, just buy one and freeze one, like, like a sex toy, to be honest. Yeah. Of, we, we do have sex toys also on our list here. Oh yeah. I was like, we yeah. have them where? <laughs> no, not, not here personally. You like we're using the hand, hand gesture. <laughs> I pull out two vibrators. <laughs> Rabbit hole. We're going there. Did you watch the late night TV show with the eight year old that talked about sex and then she took collars when you were? No, but I up? thought. Oh yes, 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 yes. Oh, what was her name? Doctor. I don't know. If you guys know, leave it in yeah. our show notes. That will be our best comment we've ever got. At three a.m. I'm gonna be like Doctor Sue. Maybe. I don't know. We should do that. That should be our second show. Okay. Right. So, how does sex toys help with painful sex? So sex toys can assist or they can help with non-penetrative, penetrative yeah. sex. So you don't have to insert something in your vagina to have yeah. sex. Like insertion uh, is not the only way to have intercourse. Insertion is not the only way to orgasm, to have yeah. intercourse, to achieve an, a d- desired result. A hundred percent. Next episode, uh, Zeta comes on and part of her story is very painful sex. And she references even like, I think they were called these nuts. Yeah. <laughs> she talks about like, like that. rings that go on to shorten the, the length and it will help, you know, with getting back to penetration. So there's a lot of things out there. If you have a specific yeah. issue, like you should Google it. Yeah, there, um, are to- there are toys for sure. And just like, arousal and not going insertion also your position you're having sex so like if you have deep down pain because inflammation may be a certain position will limit that for you as well yeah I also want to say like growing up very uh religious sex toys have such a stigma in oh yeah my life that I'm still fighting against mentally so I think I just want to say like there's no shame like there should be no shame associated with it and, you know, do what you have to do to keep yourself or your relationship happy, really. Yep. And good time to shout out my family members that listen. You did not hear any of this. Do not repeat it and erase it from your memory. Yep. Take it. Check it out. Mother Mary over here. <laughs> uh uh lubricants also yeah and then doing things to relax Posi- oh, positions I kind of cut you off oh yeah no positions. you're good just uh, saying positions is an important one because like th- some of the things I was reading like not to get too graphic but like one of them <laughs> said like doggy style is less penetrative but that's yeah. one that hurts the- one of the most for me so that's really funny because I paused because I saw like one say avoided and one definitely said like maybe it's just ideally your partner could have more control maybe or something but like and all of these things are person to person like yeah. what's gonna I mean like everything else we say like what works for you might not work for me uh, so let's talk about how to relax maybe before or after intercourse yeah so one of the um ideas that I saw was relaxation before and you know maybe taking warm you know warm baths deep breathing foreplay like to make sure that you're properly aroused yeah aroused yeah and not just like diving into it which I know sometimes you can't help it sometimes you just need a little quickie (laughs) uh kid-free perk you don't usually hire a quickie quickie, right yeah (laughs) because we are not making a nap time work okay just my own (laughs) 
is my <laughs> that is true there you go okay okay um and then one thing we talked about a lot is having that conversation so whether it's with your partner or with a sex therapist there are people out there to help you have that dialogue if you're uncomfortable with it which is super normal you have yeah. shame sex like it's hard to talk about it. it's weird for me to say sexual positions in a podcast it's it, it's that's why I said am I going to giggle this whole time because it's still not like an entirely comfortable conversation for me to have which is so silly because I'm 34 34 years old 22 I, I don't even know how old I am anymore I, I need to know I need to know the sex therapist's name so please hold this <laughs> it is dr sue yeah sue johansson we probably just really aged ourselves not that we didn't just say we're in our 30s but like dr sue i did see her on a tiktok though somebody found it and was like look at that's crazy woman so i wonder how long she was on her original air date was 2003 january 2003 so if you guys don't know we're talking about go find her on youtube she was an older lady um white hair and she had this late night talk show where people called in or like probably lettered in emailed it I don't know at that time uh questions about sex and no they probably dialed in I'm like (laughs) 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 rotary (laughs) and she would answer the questions on air and the best part is she had these two wooden figurines that she would use to model her advice yeah, to show you what is happening. So especially like I was introduced to that show when I was in junior high. And so it was like the ultimate like giggle, giggle, giggle. This is hilarious. Yeah. And like you could tell some people called in just to get her to say things like right. so much. Oh my Incredible. gosh. I feel like I missed my opportunity in life. That should have been me. She probably helped so many people, really though. You know how 90s jeans are back in style? Uh-huh. I'm gonna be her. It's about you it's be about time frame. frame that when I'm gonna be Doctor Sue. When I'm old, I mean, I gotta get a doctor before. But when I'm old, these these Gen Ys, Gen Zs won't care if I'm a doctor. They just want to hear about sex. I will That's be true. that person. Do it. Don't sell my idea, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think we kind of hit all of them. Um, yeah. Just talking and working up to it. I think our main point in maybe talking about it is just. Again, it's another stigma, stigmafied thing that a lot of us deal with, and there's no reason to be ashamed of it. Yeah, I agree. It, it is. It's just like there's so much shame still associated with sex, and it's something like you can do and have a happy, fulfilling, beautiful life, even like yeah. And I think it's something that's so not talked. Maybe it's more. I know it's more talked about now, but like my family never talked about like it's not a thing that I was ever talking I feel like there's a there's a division I feel like there's a group of people that don't say anything or there's a group of people like that do because they tell their girlfriends everything but I've definitely never been the one to talk about my sex life and so asking anyone for advice would have been like like no what no I'll google it like so like now yeah now I joke around like a lot with my even my parents about it like (laughs) I'm gonna go and have sex with my husband because I can't say that because I'm married (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny and I couldn't for so long you know but that is hilarious uh okay so I want to start ending every episode with a question that you're not prepared for 
and just Wait. get it personal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if you want to do it once in a while, yes, I will give you the power. But okay. I just I didn't know we were doing this. So I was not ready. I'm not prepared. I, like, <laughs> I wrote it. Uh, I just think sometimes your off the cuff answers are very heartfelt and very encouraging to people. So we should get more of it out there. So this week, B, my question is because you're able to identify um, that you had painful sex because you've gone through things that impact sexual intercourse intercourse I said that's so country sexual intercourse (laughs) I was switching words y'all uh sexual intercourse I want to ask how that acknowledgement has it came out to empower you in any sort of way as a identified female in your sex life just is that something you've been able to turn into more confidence in your own life oh I think for sure I think it's given me more power to communicate with my husband yeah, uh, not just in the bedroom, but like in general, because he actually didn't know how much pain I was in for a really long time because I w- don't think I realized that it wasn't super normal. Yeah. And um, I was I, a little ashamed of it and I didn't want him to feel bad. Yeah. Like a lot of it was, I didn't want him to have to worry about me, which is insane. Like that's, insane yeah. where there's two of us here for a reason. So, um, I think that it really has helped me, um, to learn better communication skills, both inside the bedroom and outside the bedroom, because it's huge. not my number one strength. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a huge yeah. win. It is for sure. Would you, do you have any reply to that? Uh, should I prep for my own answer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Off the cuff, No, I would say it's actually not related to the bedroom either while I do feel like I've definitely grown there over the years I think for me something about owning my vagina issues or owning that sex is painful for me gives me more confidence to just be me like in the own world like if I'm not hiding this huge part of me that it's not my identity but if I keep shoving it down it feels like I'm hiding me yeah um I'm not showing up as me so it's kind of nice that like I have no issue telling you like stuff about my vagina and people get so uncomfortable. It's not like I'm shouting up in the streets, but I do hold picket signs sometimes with vaginas. Like, Hey, I like that. I'm there too. And I can, (laughs) I can speak it. And I'm not ashamed to say like, there's an issue down there. Cause I was raised with like, you shouldn't like all the bad stigmas. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, to add, on to my answer. I know that this is a lot longer than I'm sure you wanted, no, but I it's also, them. I think that my painful sex was how I learned to speak up for myself in a doctor's office also. It taught you to advocate. It did because, um, that was what, like my first thing that I was like, I'm having so much pain with sex. And, um, then the next year, I mean, I waited a whole year, but the next year when I went back, he's like, but it's just when you're having sex. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. Even no. if so, even if it was only with sex, that is not normal, but yeah, I just told um, you about the sex. Cause I wanted you to fix that. Yeah. Cause I, w- that's what was really important to my, my yeah. bedroom life at that time is I'm like, yeah. I, you know, shouldn't be like this. So I think it just, I think it really did empower me to speak up for myself. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool that our group will, I'm super excited for you to hear next week's episode or in two weeks. Um, Zeta's story is another one I find very empowering that she's willing to share. So we're excited for you guys to come along with that. Otherwise, if you haven't, please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. We are close to 
making some cool things happen. And B and I really thought when we started this podcast, we do like 10 episodes to become friends and that would be worth it still. And the fact that now we have friends on friends on friends and people that listen to us is super humbling. So we appreciate you guys. It's also super weird. What are you guys doing with your lives? I know. Do you ever <laughs> fully question, do you ever wonder what they're doing when they listen? Yeah. Have you sure. ever you thought about actually, like, are you, you like cleaning? Are you Can driving? I put a question box up when when this airs and be like, tell us what you do when you listen, or we can do it right now. I mean, no, I I feel like you should tell us, and then if you're completely outrageous, we're gonna guess who you are because Amy, I already. Oh, know should you're we do an anonymous crazy. one? I'll do an anonymous one on our Instagram page. Text. Tell us where you are when you're listening to this episode the day it drops, and if you're really outrageous, um, we're gonna guess you, but don't lie. We we really want to know, Amy. Amy, <laughs> uh, follow up quick point before we wrap this up. I did on my anonymous, anonymous, uh, I'm not going to lie post on my personal page, got asked my feelings on birds. And I swore I thought, that was you or Amy. It wasn't me. Amy, Cause I was like, you just sent birds question mark to me. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So whoever asked me about birds probably genuinely wanted to know my opinion and I talked about a, a crime call <laughs> I was like that's how I'm gonna get saved yeah. um so I told my friends in Myrtle Beach that my room was so much further away from everyone's that if I squawked like a bird it means save yourself or something like I had this whole game plan and then I did had like three different bird calls it was a whole thing <laughs> So I thought one of you guys were jacking with me. And I it was somebody genuinely me. wanted to know what I thought about birds. There are three other people it could be. It's not me though. Uh, I went and looked at my story to see who even saw like the not gonna lie anonymous link. And you were the only turtle on there. That's why I said it was you. Oh, it wasn't me. Someone might have actually wanted to know your <laughs> They were probably reading my answer like that's, about birds. that's such a weird response. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm weird. And that means this has been <laughs> the greatest episode yet of the Nacho Mama Pod. Bye. Bye.